Hey there, Elise Dillard here, host of Let's Break the Odds podcast, the go-to podcast to navigate you towards breaking the odds in your life, family, and career. I'm an everyday woman who broke the odds by graduating college debt-free, helped my friends to successfully fund their education debt-free, and now have the honor of speaking and navigating students and families across the country towards funding their education debt-free as well. Think of this podcast as your weekly coffee rendezvous, where we chat about life, career, and how to create a lasting legacy. And let's face it, I'm just one person, so I'll be bringing on industry experts, professionals, and individuals to join us and share insight to help you and to help us get to the next level and continue to break the odds in our life, family, career, and communities. Let's do this together. This is Let's Break the Odds podcast. Let's Break the Odds podcast is brought to you by The Student Navigator, the go-to resource towards funding your education debt-free. With the online programs and tools that have helped students break the odds and fund their education debt-free, you now have a proven roadmap that you can utilize and implement right at home. Use promo code BREAKTHEODDS to save on the Funding College Debt-Free online bootcamp. That's promo code BREAKTHEODDS to save. Visit thestudentnavigator.com forward slash academy to get plugged in today. Before we begin today's episode, we would like to provide the following disclaimer. On the show, our mission is to be a positive and encouraging environment to help our listeners break the odds in their lives. And in today's episode, we will be discussing a heavier topic. To ensure that this episode does not trigger any traumatic experiences for our listeners, we would like to provide the following trigger warning. This episode involves conversations that mentions grief, pain, loss, parents separating, and the feeling of hopelessness. However, this episode also involves conversations about how to overcome, break the odds, find hope, and turn pain into a life filled with purpose and joy. This show does not claim to be a substitute for counseling or any other professional guidance and encourages our listeners to reach out to a licensed professional if needed. Hey there, Elise Dillard here, host of Break the Odds. If you're new to the show, welcome. Have you experienced a difficult season or a traumatic experience and are wondering how to move forward? You're in the right place because today's guest shares how they broke the odds by turning pain into purpose, and they share how you can break the odds overcome, and live a life filled with joy. Joining us today is Marlene Mina, chair and founder of Josiah Kids Incorporated. Marlene has such a decorated resume, but here's a snippet of her career highlights from her bio and more about Josiah Kids. Marlene Mina is a Christian writer, Bible teacher, and a personal growth and development speaker. She is the chair and founder of Josiah Kids Incorporated, a 501c3 nonprofit organization with a mission to educate, empower, and equip young students and teens in the local community in the areas of faith, leadership, community service, and the arts. Marlene's academic background includes a certificate in medical administration, a two-year training in youth ministry, a bachelor's degree in biblical education, a master of divinity, and a master in leadership from Luther Rice College and Seminary in Lithonia, Georgia. Her professional journey has led her through a handful of Fortune 500 companies, including the Coca-Cola Company, where she worked for 16 years supporting senior leaders and one C-suite executive. 
Now, I've known Marlene for years, and in fact, we've done some volunteer work together in the community, as well as I've had the pleasure of being an MC for Josiah Kidd's annual award ceremony a couple years ago. I can truly say that Marlene and her entire family have such a heart for the community and raising up the next generation of world changers. Marlene and I chatted for an entire hour here at Break the Odds, and during our conversation, we chatted about so much from leadership, mindset, how she funded her undergraduate and advanced degree debt-free, and more. And you will hear her insight and, and tips on these topics in part two of her interview in our next episode. While sharing her story of how she founded Josiah Kids, Marlene transparently shared some of the painful seasons that she went through that inspired her to start Josiah Kids and how she turned those painful seasons and dark times into purpose. Everything Marlene shared was so powerful that we ended up talking about this for like 20 minutes where Marlene shared tips and a special message for anyone in need of finding hope and joy in their life. And that's what today's episode is about. Let's dive in. Hi. How are you doing, Marlene? I'm doing well, Elise. How are you today? I'm doing wonderful. I'm excited for us to chat. And so um, once again, welcome Marlene to the show. Um, before we really dive into our chat, in your words, um, share with us more about you, um, your background, and what inspired you to start Josiah Kids. And to, I know what Josiah Kids is, but to let those listening know what Josiah Kids is as well. Absolutely. Okay, so... I, I think in order to help everyone to understand why Josiah Kids, I always go back to my personal story a little bit. Um, I was born and raised in Nairobi, Kenya, and I was very fortunate to be born into a very, very loving family. My father had, the name of the show, broken a lot of odds. He um, lost his mom when he was only three years old. Mm. He's the kid that walked to school barefoot miles miles and while his brother was being born his mother passed away during childbirth so my grandfather worked very very hard to get him through school and expose him to a lot of learning my grandfather was a, a firm believer in education so he put in a lot of work and before you know it my dad was done with high school he helped him leave the country. He studied abroad in Uganda, in Russia, in the United States. By the time my father returned back to Nairobi, Kenya, he was very accomplished. He had held a PhD. He was now a professor at the leading university in Nairobi. So he opened a lot of doors for so many people. And um, our family was the fun home. Everybody wanted to be there, students from his school, uh, family friends. We always had people over. We had barbecues and all that fun stuff. But unfortunately, our perfect family fell apart and um, we lost everything. Everything. We had drivers. We had multiple cars. We had beautiful homes. We lost everything. And so I, um, my story really for Josiah Kids begins there. So if I can just fast forward it and summarize um, my father, my mother ended up separating. My mother moved out of the country, lived in Germany for a while, and we were put in boarding school. Many times we didn't know where we were going when school closed, and um, there was a lot of pain, a lot of pain. And then by the time my mom returned from Germany, where, you know, she's coming back to get us and kind of find a place for all of us to come together, these seven girls in my family. And uh, just as her dream to bring her family together, 
is coming together seemingly, um, she ended up passing away and it was a devastating blow. And I, I say that the lowest point for me was to be at her gravesite and to watch my father walk away as her casket was being lowered and he walked away for good. So there was a lot of pain there for me and my younger sisters especially. And I just remember the feeling of always longing for a place, a place or a person, somebody to invest in me, where seeds of hope could kind of begin to germinate again, where there was a hope to, to feel like we could actually have a future. And I, I didn't find that. So just our kids is really, it was something I founded based on my own pain, based on my own struggle, based on my own need. And I just couldn't help but keep thinking about kids like myself who are, whether they are being physically assaulted, child trafficking, whatever's going on with them, just to find a place, a stable place where someone could invest in them. So that's really the story behind Josiah Kids. Wow. I mean, that's, that's such a, a profound story. And I think, you know, even though you've gone through a lot, I, you are such a testament on how you're able to turn your pain into purpose. And so I think that's such a power, powerful example for anybody listening, you know, for so many different dynamics. I mean, you, you experienced, you know, losing everything, even your family dynamic shifting, death in the fa death. And so all those different areas, if, if anybody's listening, you know, use Marlene's story as an inspiration that, you know, you're, you're, you can turn your pain into purpose and you can turn it into something good and not only for yourself, but to help others. And so, you know, I know personally, you know, I had the pleasure of emceeing your um, Josiah Kids Award Ceremony last year, um, your Beefer Harvest. And it was such an amazing um, experience to see youth in the area celebrated and sharing their gifts, whether it was, um, you know, poetry or playing an instrument or dance. And so talk a little bit more about that on what does Josiah Kids do? I know you just shared your heart behind creating Josiah Kids, but what is Josiah Kids if someone's listening and saying, you know what, you know, my child needs something like that. What can, what, how can Josiah Kids serve them? Sure, absolutely. So basically we wanted to, our mission, I should go back to the mission because then it informs better and I can build from that. Our mission is to educate, to empower and to equip young students and teens in the local communities, in the areas of faith, areas of leadership, areas of community service, innovation, athletics, and the performing arts. So what we offer, we actually bring in guest speakers from all walks of life. And we love to bring in quality guest speakers. I know at least you've been our guest speaker <laughs> before and you talked about goal setting. Yeah. Um, because we're after three things mainly. We really want our students to come in and be able to get the tools they need to first and foremost become a person of value. Like, how do you manage your, your time? How do you manage your relationships? How do you ma manage money? How are you as a person, your health? And, and to build a person of value in that way, setting goals, achieving those goals, thinking about, you know, how do you get your mind from, you know, wanting that life of ease that we all want to going, tra transforming that and becoming a person who really wants to be service minded and someone who wants to give back and invest in others, right? So that's the first one. The second one is 
I just kind of touched on that a little bit is, is serving. Uh, we're big on you just don't want to be good for the sake of being good. We want you to be good so that you can use your gifts to be able to serve and need, to be able, connect those gifts to serving others. And then the last one, of course, again, is convictions. We really believe in strengthening the convictions of our young people. And that just kind of speaks to their belief system. That speaks to elevating your thought process and elevating your, your, your way of thinking thinking. I say, I, I, I'm, I'm really big on that mentality and how you process information. And then having courage, courage to put into practice what, you, what you're learning. So we bring in guest speakers. It could be, uh, it could be um, athletes. It could be uh, executives of companies. It could be uh, musicians and whatever. So they get to hear from so many different people. And then we teach Bible. We have a teen session, which is an hour long, and that's where we really go delve into a little more of the teenage stuff, you know, that the younger ones may not kind of connect to. So we want to help them to transition into, into adulthood with a better promise so that you can build um, a meaningful life for yourself, but as well as build or make a meaningful difference. So build a meaningful life for yourself, but also make, make a meaningful difference. So when you come into just our kids, you're going to, you know, have, we're talking innovation, we're talking leadership, we're talking Bible and faith, we're talking a lot of dance and music and the performing arts, and we, we have athletics. So we had basketball at it and soccer, but then COVID-19, of course, has kind of slowed everything down. So that's yeah. what you find. Yeah. Awesome. I love that. So let's let's kind of rewind a little bit and kind of dig a little deeper for, you know, you were sharing your story where, you know, you experienced all of that, all that pain and that difference of dynamics in your life. And then that inspired you to start Josiah Kids. But kind of let's like connect the dots a little bit for the listeners. How were you able to overcome that? I mean, you talked a lot about mindset, you know. How are you able to overcome that and not just overcome that as an individual, but then turn that into, like I said before, like purpose and finding purpose with all of that? How are you able to do that just for those listening and yes. providing some tips for them on how they can? Absolutely. And that's such a great question, Elise. I love that you asked that. So there's two things. And if I have to be super transparent, I have to say this. My high school as much as I hated those days, they were the most painful days for me. And I, I, I got to a place where I no longer wanted my life. I, want, I didn't want to live. And so I was begging God, just end it all for me. Just take my life. There's no need for me to be here anymore. And so in that last year of high school, where the pain just seemed to turn into a tsunami of pain for me, no one knew because in my high school, I was very active. I was actually the head student in my school. And it's like it, the equivalent of the American system, what they call class president or, you know, I was the head student. We had the British system. Uh, our school system was the British system. So I'm leading the school. I am competing to the national level in public speaking. I'm doing well academically. I'm, I'm strong in all these areas, but most of my classmates had no idea that my family had fallen apart, that I was on the brink of hopelessness, completely giving up. Um, I had come to know the Lord 
in my high school because I grew up in a home where we were just nominal Christians. We were Christians by name only. We were not truly Christians. Like, I can tell you that me and my dad in church, I have no memory, not even one of me in church with my father. He did have the driver drop us off at church here and there, but he never was. Um, me and my mother in church maybe one time before she passed away, just once. So we were nominal Christians, we didn't know God. I had never read the Bible. But in my high school, I happened to have these very devout friends who were very prayerful. I don't know how they became that way, but they were. They prayed at 4 a.m. in the morning. They prayed late at night before they went to bed. It was a boarding school, so you could actually do that together. And one night, without even telling me, they prayed for me. They sensed that I needed prayer. And I found out later through a very supernatural experience that happened that night that they had been outside my dorm room praying for me through the night. And so... I was changed and my life changed from that day on because I came in contact with the living God and I knew he was real. So with him setting me free from my pain and my fear and all that, I promise you, Elise, I feel like if that, if I had not had that encounter in that high school, I would not have been able to sustain the blow of losing my mom the very next year. It is that, that's what carried me. So all along, even though it was painful and I had a lot of pain I was carrying with me when I moved across the Atlantic into the U.S., I also was carrying something so real. I knew God was real. I knew the one true thing I could hold on to was him. So he he played a huge role in even me making decisions. I thought I was going to study computer science, but there was a promise I was carrying. He had spoken to me in high school, and then I just knew I'm never going to be fulfilled unless I pursue him for what he said he wanted to do through me. So I started doing that. So I changed my major. I moved cross-country from New Jersey all the way to Oklahoma, and from Oklahoma to Atlanta. And then... The other part of this is, okay, yes, I was carrying a faith that was now real and I was getting into the Bible and it was giving me the tools to overcome. I was reading stories that were making me know, okay, you're not alone in this. Other people have gone through this. And that was very comforting to me because just as I got to Atlanta, my father died and it was not an easy place. I promise. I had to withdraw from school from an, for an entire semester and I had to go through some serious counseling, grief counseling. And it was a painful, painful place. I was living by myself. And I remember crying myself to sleep so many of those nights, just not knowing how I was going to put one foot in front of the other. But in the midst of all that, God had already set me up and put me at the Coca-Cola company. And then he teamed me up, divinely teamed me up with the best leader ever who became like a mentor and a friend, and to this day, he still is. So, so much that I overcame, I was overcoming through doing. So I was going through school. He approved all my classes. Coca-Cola paid my for my undergrad. They paid for my master's degrees. Even though they were divinity-related and theology-related, they my boss supported me. So many times I needed to change my schedule so I could take this Tuesday class to be able to get to graduation. He made it happen. Um, but he, he taught me so much. So he went from group director 
to vice president, he took me with him. He went to senior vice president, he took me with him. He went to CFO, he took me with him. And so all along I was learning how to lead. I was learning how to hear people empathize and listen, manage a team, be a part of a board. There were so many things I was picking up that I didn't even know God was going to use. So it prepared me in such a way that it gave me the tools to not focus on my pain, but to actually begin to think of every game in life is won in the second half. So it doesn't Mm. matter what happened in the first half. If you determine to say, you know what, this pain can, I can either make a museum out of this and I can keep revisiting this and just looking at it, or I can let it destroy me, or I can actually turn it, like you said, into a mission. Um, And it became a mission. And, And to me, even though I was a Coke, I always knew eventually God was going to release me into serving a purpose that kind of was very close to that pulse of, you know, youth, young people, and investing in others. So I hope that kind of answered it, but you're free to ask me more to to kind of help me because I really want the listener to get the more practical side of how we overcome this. And, and let me add this, Elise, I'm sorry, books. Books have been an amazing tool to help me through my journey. I tell people all the time, all your mentors don't have to be living. Many of mine are gone, they're dead and gone, but they left such treasures in the books. So the days I felt so discouraged, so weak and so confused, I went to a book. First and foremost, of course, for me, the Bible. I'm in it every morning, that's where I start my day in prayer. I get a lot of strength from that. When I skip it, I can tell, but, books. So good authors have helped me along the way. And I connect to autobiographies, I connect to, you know, people who've done what I'm trying to do. And I have to say that when my heart is aching, aching, all I have to do is open a good book and sit down. And somehow, a chapter or two later, I emerge feeling stronger. I emerge feeling stronger. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, first of all, thank you for your transparency and sharing your story. I know there's going to be a listener out there that can relate to that, to some piece of it. And in high school for me, or not even just high school, even middle school, like I was bullied and it was so hard. I mean, I loved school. I loved to learn, but it got to a point where I didn't want to go to school. Like I would cry and like my mom would have to, I didn't even want to ride the school bus anymore. Like I would, you know, sit in the car and just cry before school. I would cry after school. I would get home and cry in my room. And, you know, and just like you, you know, God really helped me through it, you know, and, you know, you know, I'm not trying to like, you know, push my faith onto any of the listeners or anything. I know you're not either, but I mean, I would just like sit in my room in like fetal position, just crying, like, God, I just need your comfort right now. And it's amazing how, you know, prayer works and God hears you and, you know, he comes through and, you know, times aren't always easy, but he definitely helps you get through them. He does. And, yeah, so. It's so hard to imagine anyone bullying you, Elise. You're so sweet and so beautiful. (laughs) I can't imagine, but. Oh, thank you. you, Yes. (laughs) Yeah, it was not easy. I mean, even like the assistant principal had to get involved. I mean, it was like, Yeah. 
But I will say, you know, going through that kind of like with you and your story, like turning into purpose, Mm -hmm. having experienced that and and feeling like invisible at school and it now it made me then notice others. And like, if I ever saw anybody like then in high school, you know, after all that had passed, I remember like my senior year of high school, um, I noticed there was a guy in the lunchroom and he would always sit by himself. And so me and my friends, I was like, you guys, we need to invite him to sit with us. And so he, um, you know, we went over and we invited him to sit with us. He declined. But the thing was the following day, he was sitting with a group of friends. And at first I was troubled, like, why would he decline sitting with us if he, but then yet he's going to sit with other people. And it made me realize like sometimes just people knowing that you see them and that they feel valued, it gives them the confidence to move forward. And I think even though our group might not have been a good fit for him, it gave him the confidence to, you know, be able to sit with other people, I guess. But I just feel like, you know, things that we go through in life, you know, we, like you said, you can either choose to, allow it to dictate your life and sit in it. Like, I love that example. You said the museum example where you can choose to just have, have it like a museum and just revisit it. Yeah. Or you can choose to, what was the other part, the other half of the analogy you said, either have it as a museum or. You can have it destroy you. You can have it as a museum that you visit all the time and feel sorry for yourself. Or you can actually do what you said, turn it into a mission and into purpose and say, you know what? I didn't get that, but I can become that for someone else, right? Mm -hmm. I didn't have what I needed, but I can become that for someone else. It's a mission. They say you turn your mess, God turns your mess into a mission or turning your pain into purpose. And that's really what that is. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Absolutely. Yeah, Mm -hmm. me too. But I do just have it like on my heart to have you just answer this last question, which is if anybody is feeling because I know this is a very tough season for the world and you know if someone is feeling hopeless and they might have felt the way you shared you felt you know when you shared your story early on what biggest piece of what what would you say to someone who they're feeling hopeless right now they're not seeing they they don't have that vision right now um what would you what would be a final words of encouragement um as we close out the interview to them if someone's feeling that way So I think what I would say to them is there's a word I use and we actually named our daughter, our older one, Joy, J-O-Y, we named her Joy. And the reason why was because it's what I lost when I felt hopeless. It is what I lost when I was in that bed just saying, God, I don't want my life anymore. Like, I'm sorry. I'm grateful that you gave me this life, but I don't want it anymore. Um, And the light of my life was just literally snuffed out and joy was completely suffocated out of me. I I had no joy. And that very next year when my mother died, I couldn't smile. I I couldn't even say the words that my mother died. I was so hopeless. I was so broken. And the truth is, I couldn't see a a day that would be better, brighter, where I could laugh or dance or sing, you know, my heart out. I couldn't see that. But when I finally pressed through, there was a promise I was holding on to, and God has been so faithful to bring that promise to life. When I finally got married and had a baby, we just knew that her name was going to be Joy. I'd lost so much. 
I lost so much. But I knew that God had restored the joy, not through the things, not through my husband, not through the baby, but he had slowly began to rebuild me from within. And when I look at joy and I look at my daughter's journey, I always say, if I had died when I was begging to die, I would never have lived to see this. I would never have, there would be no joy. There would be no journey. There would be no Josiah kids. And so many of my kids and Josiah kids, you know, say, thank you so much for starting Josiah kids. Thank you so much for starting Josiah kids. I see how they, they're happy. They found a place like, a, a sense of belonging, they're making such good friends and they look forward to it, they're excited about it. And then when I look at my friendships and I look at the relationship with my boss that I've just described and the opportunities I've had, the support I have, there's so many people who love me and who I love dearly, I couldn't see that at that point. So my encouragement to that person who can't see a brighter future is, hey, I've been there. I know what it feels like to feel exactly that way. I felt like I was, we were walking into a black hole of a future, my sisters and I, as we walked away from the grave site after we just buried my mother. It was painful. I couldn't see a better day. I couldn't. But you know what? I have. I have. There is, there's always that voice that wants to, to speak to you to say, this is it. There's nothing else. There's nothing to live for. There's no better day coming. This is it. But, but there's another voice that's always whispering as well that, you know what? Even this will serve a purpose. Even this will pass. Even this, you'll make it past this. And you know what? Because of this, you're going to be such a better person. You will hear people differently. I connect to people who, who go through pain so much better than I would have if I had never gone through that. So you will become an instrument, a very rare instrument, if you press through this place. Press through this place, and I guarantee you, you will write Elise back and say, you know what? September 24th, 2020, I couldn't see the light of day. But look at where I am today. Thank you for that talk or that conversation because look at what, what has, how my life has changed. You got to press through and you can do it. You're stronger than you know. You really are. And even in, in those weak moments, it's okay to feel weak, but just put that one foot in front of the other. You don't have to know what tomorrow will look like. Sometimes it's just moment by moment and that is enough. It's enough. As long as you're waking up with breath in your body, there is a purpose assigned to your life. And guess what? There's somebody somewhere counting on you to press through this moment. These kids we are helping today were counting on me to press through my challenging moments. I didn't know them. I didn't know that. But am I so glad I pressed through for their sake, if no other reason, that I pressed through to, to now invest in them so press through you're going to make it you're stronger than you know and I, I, i'd love to be part of that you know story when elise receives those um great words later where you're able to share how much you've been able to accomplish and how useful you have become um to the world 
because the world needs more people to do good in it. There's so much pain and hurt, and we need the, we need more people who are bringing um, joy and love and healing to the pain. So press through. You can do this. Amen. Yes, I love that. <laughs> and I feel like that last question was just something on my heart that I know like that's for someone. So I appreciate you sharing that. Thank you, Marlene. <laughs> At the end, we like to have fun doing a game with you. Just a quick flash fire question because we like to have fun on the show. So, love it. Okay. I'm not going to flank. No, you'll do fine. You'll do fine. Okay. So, number one, um, you, you obviously, through this conversation, we talked about how you worked at Coca Cola for 16 years. So, what is your favorite Coca Cola flavor or drink? Okay. Coca Cola Life. Life. Cocoa Life. Okay. Is that, I don't think I've heard of that. I don't know how I haven't heard of that. I love that one. It, it usually comes in a green bottle or a green can. Oh, nice. If they awesome. Don't have, if they don't have it, then it's going to be Fanta Orange. Awesome. Okay. Number two, what is your pa favorite place you've ever visited? Oh, my goodness. Oh, I would say Chicago. I thought I was going to move there. Love Chicago. Awesome. All right. Next one. You shared how you love avocados. You had shared that. So what is your favorite way to eat avocados? How do you like eating avocados? <laughs> this one sounds strange, but I like my avocados with roasted broccoli or roasted uh, cauliflower. Ooh. Oh, my goodness. So good. So good. I'll have to try that. I'll have to try that. I love mine with like nachos. Or okay. making some guacamole. It's so good. I, but yeah, I'll have to yeah. try the cauliflower and broccoli. Yeah. That sounds really good. Okay, next question is, um, you shared um, how personal, you're a personal development speaker. What's your favorite tool for personal development? Definitely reading. Definitely Books. Reading. Uh, Books. <laughs> all day. All day, every day, yes. Awesome. And then last question, what do you love most about Josiah Kids? Oh, the kids, the kids. I just love, I love the students. That's my most favorite part of all of this. And then because I used to work with teens when I was younger and all throughout school, I was still working as a youth worker with teens. I can't even describe the joy it brings me to see them now grown up. And they are now leading their own families and they have their careers and they're doing well. I spoke to one of them on Saturday who I hadn't seen in so long. And oh my gosh, to see what he has become. Oh, wow. nothing can replace that. I love that. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you for playing with us. <laughs> one thing that we just asked last is like, how can people find you to best connect with you? All right. So, okay. So one, josiahkids.com is our website. Um, I also write at josiahjude.org. Um, I, I, I love to write, so that's my new writing place. Um, you can also find me on Twitter, Marlene Mina, <laughs> or uh, on Instagram or Facebook. That's Josiah Kids or Josiah Kids and Teens. Wow, so powerful. While transparently sharing her story, Marlene mentioned that after losing so much, God had restored the joy and slowly began to rebuild her from within. 
Marlene also shared a special heartfelt message for anyone struggling to see a brighter day. And I want to highlight some um, snippets from that. She said, and I quote, I couldn't see a better day. I couldn't. But you know what? I have. There's always that voice that wants to speak to you to say, this is it. There's nothing else. There's nothing to live for. There's no better day coming. This is it. But there's another voice that's always whispering as well that, you know what? Even this will serve a purpose. Even this will pass. Even this. You will make it past this. And then Marlene proceeded to share, and I quote, you got to press through and you can do it. You're stronger than you know. You really are. And even in those weak moments, it's okay to feel weak, but just put that one foot in front of the other. You don't have to know what tomorrow will look like. Sometimes it's moment by moment, and that is enough. It's enough. As long as you're waking up with breath in your body, there is a purpose assigned to your life. And guess what? There's somebody somewhere counting on you to press through this moment. So press through. You're going to make it. You're stronger than you know. You can do this. So powerful. If you're going through a difficult season, you don't have to go through it alone. Life is not meant to be done alone. And it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to go to counseling. There's no shame in that. In the description of this episode, we have posted a link to our blog post for this episode where we have included a direct link to some resources. You can also visit our blog directly at letsbreaktheodds.com. Friend, know that you are loved, you have a purpose, and you have what it takes to break the odds, and we are cheering you on along the way, sending you a virtual hug. And a special thank you to Marlene for joining us today and being so transparent with sharing your story with all of us today. Tune in to our next episode for part two of Marlene's interview, where she shares her insight and tips on servant leadership, mindset, career development, pursuing your dreams, and more. So make sure you're subscribed to the show so you don't miss this episode for part two when it's released. Until next time, let's continue to break the odds together. You've got this. Hey, guess what? You, my friend, made it through today's episode. Cue the confetti but the conversation doesn't have to end here. If this episode served you today, go ahead and download it so you can have it. And click the subscribe button so you can get notified when another episode is released. Do us a favor and leave a review. We'd love to hear how much you enjoyed this episode. To stay connected, we'd love to have you as a part of the Break the Odds community on social media. There we'll have an opportunity to personally connect with you and you can also connect with others who are taking action towards breaking the odds in their lives. As always, you can catch the show notes from this episode and any discount codes and bonus materials on the blog at letsbreaktheodds.com. See you next time.